Smash cut. A technique in film where one scene abruptly cuts to another without transition. Much like a typical conversation with me and my friends when discussing film, television, music, video games, or anything else that happens to come up. This is the idea behind the show, Smash Cuts. Hello, and welcome to an episode of Smash Cuts. I'm Rich Gabon. With me is Jacqueline Kemick. Hello! And we are uh, two weeks right, two weeks away from Christmas, I think. I think uh, so. Oh my gosh. It's like, I can't yeah. believe how crazy it is. I know. This, this, Everyone uh, says that, right? Oh my god, I can't. Time flies. It's the I, same every I year. Know. But it's worse every year. Relativity, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I know. Time didn't fly this quickly when I was a kid, that's for sure. Well, you were uh, alive less. I mean, the less amount of time. That's the whole point of relativity, right? Like, when yeah. you're young... It's a bigger chunk of the pie. The days, the months, they're a bigger chunk of the pie. The older you get, smaller piece of pie it is. So it just goes faster I and it so. never slows down. Like even like a, like a, what was it? We'd be in school for six hours, right? Or something or seven hours. And I just felt mm-hmm. like that time just dragged on oh my like God, 9 a.m. It was like 9 a.m. for like four hours or something mm-hmm. like that, you know? So... You know, now a work day that's eight hours, you're like, it's, it's over in a flash, unless it's some job that you hate. And then, and then sometimes it can still drag. But yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like my job. So it's usually pretty quick. <laughs> um, my job, there's just so much going on. I'm, I'm just so, it's just, I, I don't have mm-hmm. enough time to get my job done. Exactly. <laughs> you feel like, God, there's not enough time in a day to get anything done. Whereas when you were young, God, it was, it's like that old Calvin and Hobbes. Um, you know, the days are just packed. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was the name of one of their books. And it really did feel like that. It felt like a, a, you could have an entire an adventure in a, in a weekend. It just felt like it lasted forever. And yeah, now weekends, weekends are a snap. We, weekends seem so long now. Yeah, you're right. Saturday, it's like seven o'clock already, like 7 mm-hmm. p.m., you know, mm-hmm. what happened? Even just a single day off, because I don't normally have two days off in a row. And if I have a single day off, by the time I'm actually like ready to do stuff, I'm like, God, it's already like three o'clock in the afternoon. I, know. I, just, I needed the morning to recover. <laughs> See, and that's how we, that's how I know I'm old, because when it hits three o'clock, I'm like, oh, I guess the day's done, right? There's some people... <laughs> Like this three o'clock means like, you know, that's just the you start of the day. Stuff, but it's still like, you know, it yeah. still feels like, wow, half the oh day. God, I used to, I remember going out with my friends, it was 8 p.m. And, uh, and we were, go- we were heading out, you know, now it's like 8 p.m. That how sounds, that how sounds ungodly. so funny that he, <laughs> it <laughs> was 8 p.m. when we were going out, not we even was... 10 or 11. No, 8. <laughs> yeah, 8 p.m. It was dark out and it was, it was scary. It's when the muggers come out, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's oh my, my father. My father used to say that to me. By the way, how many muggers come out. Oh, muggers come out at night. Yeah. How yeah, many eight, uh, midnight yeah. movies did we used to go to as kids and oh stuff? You God. know what I mean? The midnight releases back before they did the um, new releases on Thursday evenings. Yeah, at seven. Yeah. Which yeah. I love, but I gotta tell you, I, I still have, I you know, I kind of have trauma about that shift because it's like the reason that they made that shift. Um, was because of those shootings and stuff like that. And I mean, I always will have to... Um, whenever I'm like, oh, thank goodness they're doing the release on a on a Thursday night, I always ha- stop myself and think about like the reason why, and then I get really like upset, and I'm like, yeah. oh god, here I go hurting my own feelings again, you know? <laughs> I know, yeah, it is crazy. I mean, yeah, because I, I used to go to midnight movies without even thinking about that, but oh, yeah. just all the time, you know, for showings and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was always like 11:30 or something like that, but 
but and then it wasn't even like close by like it was in the city so it was yeah. like a two-hour commute to get yeah. there to begin with and then you had to you stay know. awake for a whole movie which was nothing it didn't feel like you're just like yeah no. let's do it and then drive home yeah <laughs> yeah now three in the afternoon i'm trying to stay awake for a movie like that's that's the sad thing. i think what was the blade runner the last time where when i was in the theater on my own and uh I, I, I fell asleep the second one. I fell asleep partway through and, and I woke up quickly, but I heard like a chorus of snoring behind me. So I was in the right crowd. <laughs> you were like, that's you know? okay. Yeah. This was the nap time crew. Yeah. <laughs> the recliners were a bad idea. That was I the... don't I don't think <laughs> I have ever fallen asleep in a movie. I don't think I have, but I mean never say never, you know? I I used to I used to be a badge of honor like me, let's just say that. And mm-hmm. now, yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking, you know, speaking of movie, I, 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 I um, found something yesterday that I had no idea was coming out or heard anything about. But have you heard of a movie called Red Eleven by any chance? Okay, I just uh, saw a snapshot scrolling on Facebook, the Robert Rodriguez thing yes. that he did for like seven thousand dollars. Yeah, um, so, with no crew. No crew. He <laughs> did big. like. He kind of did. Uh, it's it's the anniversary. I forgot what year. I don't know if it's thirty five years or, or mm-hmm. twenty five years, but since he did that for El Mariachi, mm-hmm. and so he thought, you know, wouldn't it be? He already he did a reality series recently where, I guess they try they did the same thing with filmmakers um, to see if they could make a movie for seven thousand dollars. I don't know. It was on his El Rey. I never got to watch it, but mm-hmm. but what he did was he decided for the anniversary he wanted to himself make a movie again for $7,000 and almost in the same condition. So he recruited and he said when he made the first movie, El Mariachi, he had, um, what was the guy's name? Eduardo? Was it, was that the guy who played the original El Mariachi? That was like his best friend. I don't remember. I I can't, I blanked on his name, but he's been his producer on, on, on other films, but that was his kind of, when he made that movie, that was kind of his, go-to best friend in the movie that you could rely on so Mm -hmm. the rule he set for himself is he's giving himself a best friend that he can rely on and it so happens this one is his son uh, um, racer who is now like 20 something or something like that Mm -hmm. Uh, so he's so his son is making the movie with him and what the movie he decided to make was uh, a movie called red 11 which is the concept is um based on how he got the original $7,000, but it's about uh, somebody who wants to, who needs to make quick money. They go into a medical hospital for testing and then uh, hijinks ensue. But that, but it's kind of a horror movie thriller uh, oh. is what he made. Mm-hmm. And, and so it just came out yesterday on, on, um, uh, on demand, but at the same time on the TV side, he also made something called Robert Rodriguez's film school, where he documented all of this and almost like a step-by-step he's because I I watched the first episode he documented okay I needed to write the script so I did this I wrote the script on index cards and I was like I was watching I was like wow that's so brilliant that idea of of what he's doing like it it really is a great I so I didn't get to see the movie yet but I did get to see first episode of that uh which is available to buy for $9.99 the whole season and then the movie is available for $9.99 on on Apple iTunes um which I'm anxious to see, but it, but it's kind of an exciting idea, you know, to do something like this, yeah. you know, so I will have to, well, well, next time I'll have to tell you what I think of it, but even, but alone, just knowing what he's going through to make it, it already is interesting enough, you know, to, and also the concept of it. 
It's interesting yeah. enough to me. It really does seem really cool. And especially, I think it's very relevant um, now for him to be doing it too. I mean, it could have been relevant even 10 years ago, but there is such an open marketplace right now for creators um, talking about different platforms like TikTok and Reels and YouTube. And there are people already out there making, you know, really film cinema quality content. Mm -hmm. And there are so many more who are probably in their head thinking, you know, oh, I can't do that until I have this. I'm very much um, susceptible to that mentality where I, I, I have a path that I think is the right path yeah. and I have to try and attain all the goals before I can actually do the thing. And, mm -hmm. um, and honestly, that's, that is a flaw of mine, not necessarily something I'm proud of because it's held me back in a lot of ways from just doing it, just go do something yeah. and um, having somebody as successful as him really kind of break it down. Um, and, and, you know, the, the fact that this is his roots, this is where he came from. It's not like he was a legacy director with lots of connections and, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, none. <laughs> I mean, that, so. I think about, you know, just what you said was almost exactly when I met him in 90, I think it was 95 Desperado had just come out. I'm, I'm thinking mm -hmm. that's 95, right? Um, he, so he was fairly, nobody even knew what he looked like really. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was at this, he was at a, a convention and as you were going in, I just remember the lady, I, I saw him immediately. He was sitting down, like, signing. But a lot of people weren't going up to him. And I remember the one of the ladies there who worked there was like, this is Robert Rodriguez, the director of Desperado, coming out this weekend, you know. And, yeah. I, and I was, like, already beelined on the line. And I'm I, like, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I got, to, I got to spend a little time talking with him because there really was nobody there. And I yeah. just remember, you know, I was at that time I had just – I had made a short film – and I was working on something else and, and I told him, you know, I'm trying to get equipment and all that. And he's like, oh man, he's, you just got to do it, man. You just go, you know, you just grab the camera, just do whatever. Just grab the camera with what you have. He's like, don't mm -hmm. worry about that equipment stuff, man. That'll all come and you'll figure that out, but just film and film. And I, that always stuck with me. Like, cause, cause not that I, not that I followed his advice, but I mean, <laughs> but, but because, you know, I, he he did in order to to make his movie. I mean, and for those who don't remember, he sold his body to science and he made seven thousand dollars. And and if if you read the book, Rebel Without a uh, Rebel Without a Crew, um, the the book that he wrote, he details that they literally were like you know he was in the in the group where they just had a wound him you know with with something and then they would put these different medicines to see how it heals and that was his. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the group that he was in, but, but there were other groups that there were people that, you know, they couldn't eat food and all that stuff. So there's a lot of great oh stories God. in there, but, um, are those uh, great stories or are those well, scary stories? Scary stories. But I mean, it's, it's funny cause he tells this one story about how the people who couldn't eat food broke out and to go in and broke into the, cause they could eat whatever they wanted. The people who were just getting wounded, you know, so you think they broke out and, and got the food, you know, from the, uh, from the cafeteria or whatever. Um, but uh, no pay because they're yeah. like, you broke the rules. I know. Right. <laughs> but, the, but that's the thing too is, so he was writing even while he was in there, but, but for set, when you think about it now, I mean, uh, an iPhone, one of the newer iPhones already shoots yeah. cinema quality. That's um, what I'm saying. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, shoot, some of those, I gotta tell you some of the, um, uh, prime uh content on amazon prime looks like it was shot on a cell phone yeah so. i know i know <laughs> yeah some of that yeah. stuff they they really do go bottom of the barrel i think sometimes 
it's fine. It just put yeah. it out there. Somebody will love it. Giving people yeah. jobs. Well, this okay. So this is the other um something that <coughs> I was when I when I saw when I was scrolling by and kind of saw that I was like, oh, this is really cool. And my instincts were to go, oh, this is really great. But on the other side of it, when I haven't researched into it, so I, I could be going down a path that is not um doesn't even have to be gone down. But my brain also kind of talks about how many people have really been fighting for um uh equal pay and and uh, rights and unions for crew members mm-hmm. and things like that and i know that uh he is very against that <laughs> from yeah. from past things that i have seen i don't know if his stance has changed at all or in in the conversation but um i know that um that might be a scary thing to see too because yeah. it's still encouraging people to um kind of just uh bypass or or maybe make do and settle for less pay than maybe they're worth so it's a challenging conversation it doesn't mean that there's a right answer either way i'm not saying that i am specifically for one or the other but i know um i know that that's a conversation that is on everybody's mind right now uh compensation and and fair pay for people so yeah i mean it's seven thousand is not a lot of money and when you're saying without a crew like it means that you have a one worker doing five different jobs oh, or yeah. 20 different jobs or every different job well i mean what he means essentially is he it's it's yourself like mm-hmm. like in that case when you're direct like when he directed the first movie he was everything like there was no yeah. other person and there was one other person to rely thought- on but he was, but uh, with, uh, oh, what were we going to say? I'm sorry. I thought I remember, and I could, because this was years ago that I saw this stuff, but I thought that he was very much of the mind of, um, he had a crew that understood that everybody does everything. And that's the crew that he kept with him. And if anybody was like, no, I don't do that. I'm the light guy. They were off the crew. Oh, no, not not for the first film. For for El Mariachi, mm-hmm. he, he literally. Oh, yeah, not necessarily for El Mariachi, but for the yeah. subsequent ones. Oh, so uh, so what happened with him is uh, so there was there's this great documentary called Full Tilt Boogie. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Yeah. It's like a, it's like that documentary on the making of um, uh, oh my god, the zombie, the vampire movie. I just blanked yeah, on the name. Yeah, I ha- yeah, of course I've seen it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. That's what's why the I name think of that? I'm referencing. Full yeah, Tilt he... Boogie is right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the name of the movie that they that they made? What was the name oh, of from the... Dust Till Dawn? Dust Till Dawn. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So, so that yeah, I think in that case. So the crew there was fighting for equal pay. He was actually for it. It was, yeah. it wasn't a, for. It was against Miramax because Miramax mm. was the one that. And this, this is where it gets hairy. So you've got, you've got these companies that say they're making independent films, but they're backed by another big, bigger company. Like Miramax at the time was still was Disney, right? So, so they've got they've got money to pay the crew really, but because they're doing it on the subsidiary of Miramax in a smaller uh a smaller company that's when they that's when the title of independent film gets called into question a little bit like mm-hmm. uh so so yeah but i don't i don't think he was ever i think what what ended up happening is he made this movie called road racers for showtime mm-hmm. and what he was surprised by was on the flip side of it he had this thing where he wanted to do some shots and everybody and i've i've hit this big time everybody was like, oh, no, we can't do that because of this or because of that. And it was it was kind of this, and this is not to say that this had to do anything to do with unions, but it had to do with he was working with a professional crew that really didn't want to, didn't take him seriously, didn't really want to listen to him. They kind oh, of okay. did things the way they wanted to. 
Yeah. And I, you know, from me, I won't even, I, from my own experience with that same exact situation, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I can totally relate to what he's saying. Now, I didn't think the crew was lazy, but I did think they were, you know, they didn't trust some the newer person. Right. Uh, and they didn't That's, think the new person. I've seen a lot of documentaries. Do. I think even um, um, James Cameron doing Aliens uh, ran into that yeah. <laughs> when yeah. they went. Um, I think they had to go overseas for something. Was it Aliens? I don't. I don't re- recall exactly what it was that I was watching, but I was watching something where I think that that's a very common problem. Oh I do. yeah. And and again, like I said, it's been a very long time since I've seen Full Tilt Boogie or any of those yeah, kind yeah. of documentaries surrounding Rodriguez. So I don't. I don't necessarily want to say like throwing him under the bus or anything. I just remembered that something around there was like that. Well, on, and then on the flip side, because then I've been on the other side of it, where more so in television. Um, where you you end up working these ridiculous, crazy, seventy-two hour days, mm-hmm. and there's never even a mention to of uh, oh, we should you know, don't worry, you can take a break or take tomorrow off or something like that. And it's yeah. like, and I'm not even talking about this. Isn't like independent film. This is like working for a real television company, you know, re- real mm-hmm. that's fully funded. That and they they work their crew to death because you only have six days to finish that episode yeah and so you you have to you have to get it done so no matter what happens and that's the problem you know in the real world would mean that you just would need to hire more people so that you can have people working (laughs) yeah exactly you know actual shifts instead of just and the way that you're permanently on (laughs) the way it gets around is is you know you get interns or you get like you know right uh, pas and and uh and, and, they're just, got, and they're just, you know, we're, we were willing to work for whatever. And so you you end up working till five in the morning, you know, and then you go home, you, you sleep for two hours and then you go back to work. You know, it's because like, they're capitalizing on the fact that um, or taking advantage of the fact that this is their dream job. Like this yes. is their in, oh, in yeah. the industry. And this is like, oh, so excited to be doing this. Yeah. I should be thankful to be working on this movie with all these great people and all this great stuff or this show. And, yeah. you know, and and and. There can be value to that. I'm not going to say that that's not true, but it's also taken advantage of. And then what happens too is you have older crew members who've been through that, and now they feel like it's time for them to put somebody else through that. And so that, I ran into that too, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like you really had to prove yourself. And then all of a sudden you got respect, but it's like, you know, but the people that didn't and were like, I'm not standing for this. You should too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Oh, yeah. So Mm -hmm. I've, so yeah, I, I, uh, but. But um, yeah. I, know, I, I just lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking <laughs> but, about Red Eleven, and we were talking about yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So f him. Imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, anytime we bring up Roger, Robert Rodriguez, we go into a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a tangent. Um, but, but yeah, I've... you know, it's, I love him so much. I love his film so much, and I always yeah. had like um a real fondness for him. I don't know. I feel like now I'm a little more removed from him as a person because even though I think that um, he, he creates things that I love and I love his ideas with music and everything. Like I, I really have a lot of respect for that. I don't know the whole situation with um, Rose McGowan 
and yeah. Harvey Weinstein. And yeah, yeah. I know, and like he's... he's really calling him out about like, no, I told you this happened, and you didn't stand up for me, and you basically haven't said anything. And I guess maybe he cheated on her. And I don't know. There's like a bunch of personal drama, which can oh, that's that came on. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, separated. I, I mean, and again, like it's gossip, so I don't know. Yeah, if it's true. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It can absolutely be separated from the content. But I'm saying, when I was growing up, I really liked him, and I yeah. was kind of putting him at the forefront of things. And I'm like, you know what? In my um. In this age where we learn so much about people, um, and and it doesn't mean that it's all true, but we don't know exactly what is true and what is false. I kind of am starting to separate the person from yeah, the content a kinda, little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, you kind of have to. I mean, with what I what I found with him was like when I listened to his audio commentaries, it was very inspiring. But what I what what it reminded me though, I think because I had that meeting with him that one where that i met him that one time Mm -hmm. he sounded exactly the same and i was like it's it's great to hear that that and then even watching this he still has that enthusiasm yeah that i i mean i'm not i don't know about him as a person but i just mean i I like that he he never changed from still wanting to inspire others to to make movies because there's some people that grow up and they're like That they're like, no, I'm in this business, not you, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but we're, he makes it seem keepers. like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Where so so uh, yeah, but I, I I it's funny. My kids love the move. The last movie he just made was, uh, which they watch all the time. We can be heroes. It was on Netflix, and it was a sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it stars uh, what's his name? Mandalorian is in it. Uh, Pedro. <laughs> Pascal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh but it's about the kids of the of superheroes that have to save the day. But I mean it's a cute little movie. It's it was yeah, better I than Shark Boy and Lava Girl. His content, although I haven't seen Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I haven't seen those. But I loved Spy Kids growing up. You yeah. know, I mean yeah, yeah. it was it was young it was geared towards younger people than me even at the time, but it was just cheeky enough to get by and, and for me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, I didn't like. I, I remember when I first saw Sharkboy Lava Girl, I was like, eh. But then when I, I, my kids liked it when they finally got to see it, and then the sequel, I'm like, oh, this is a cute family movie. Like it's, yeah. it it separates it. You know, I, I mean, it's it's uh, it's I, I don't mind watching because there's some kids movies I have to sit through that. I'm like, oh. that you're like, I wish I didn't have to sit through this, yeah. but I will because I'm a father. Yeah, no, yeah. I got that. I got, I get you. Like, you know, okay, switching gears to another creator that I think has inspired um, almost everyone that I've ever spoken with. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, have you seen Nightmare Alley? The ads for oh, that yeah. was amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that film. I Unfortunately, I, I still never got to see his last film. The, the, the one, I mean, I saw the, the one he won the Oscar for uh oh my god something water <laughs> yeah the shape of water shape of water i mm-hmm. which i loved but i didn't see the other one the gothic movie that he had made um uh which oh I... you didn't see um oh god what was the name of that one with uh tom hiddleston and yeah it's like it takes place in this big house right it's like it, yes it's, i cannot remember the name uh, of the movie Crimson but Peak. i Crimson Peak, Peak. was the name of it. Oh, I never so got good. to see that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That well, once again, it is his aesthetic, so it's of course drop dead gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it what 
it has so many of the themes that he loves to play with. And I don't want to spoil anything since you haven't seen it, even though it's been out for ages. You have had plenty of time. I know. I still haven't seen Venom, the first one. I know. I've had plenty of time. Yeah, the Crimson Peak. Come on, it's our boy Guillermo. I know, I know. You know what it was? Is It never, I don't know if it ever made it to Netflix or anything like that, but it wasn't, it was at a time where I didn't have any, any, um, uh, when it finally made it to the, the cable things, I didn't have any of the uh, channels that it was on. Um, mm. I think it was on like, I don't, I feel like it was on Epex or something like that. And I didn't have that at that time, but I always wanted to go back to it. But now it's funny. Cause I don't know if you hit that thing where every once in a while I'll be like, well, I want to rent that movie. Then the movie's only available to buy. Like you can't rent it anymore. Like it's only, yeah. or if it's on voodoo or if it's on iTunes, for some reason it's not there it was there, but now it's not there it now. Is funny. Like... It's like, I feel like there should be an app. I know that there are VPNs and you can like jump, you know, that around. I don't have a VPN, so I don't have that. But yeah. I think that there should be an app where you can put um, a watch list on certain items that you want to be able to see. And it alerts you. When yeah. It switches to like being visible. <laughs> I feel like, oh, I know. This is yeah. now. And there probably is something like that out there, but I feel like that would be a good invention. Because well, the worst is. I, you know, I have Apple TV, so it does. It has that app where it searches everything. It searches mm-hmm. Voodoo. It searches all that stuff. And most of the time, it'll come up with like move. You know, FXM, like the movie. That's where the movie is. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't want to watch the 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 cut up edited I version know. of this movie. I know. You know? <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, one of the things that I had been wanting to watch ever since watching the Bo Burnham um, special that he put out on Netflix and realizing like, oh wow, he's he's. Uh, more serious than I thought he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's actually somebody I want to look at and see. And I finally got back around to um, watching eighth grade because it became available on something that I have. I don't remember exactly which platform it was on, but it was a film that he wrote and directed. Um, oh. And it it's really great. It was really great. And it was so funny because I guess the whole concept came from, him realizing that um, a lot of the people who came up to him and were messaging him um, or chatting with him after shows or out and about or online were these young kids who were really connecting with him and the things that he was saying, which is to him, it kind of sounded funny because they were pretty younger than him, you know, uh, probably by at least five or 10 years younger than him. And, um, and he was like, you know what, if this is who I, who is really resonating with my work and who, who, kind of gets what I'm trying to say about um, what social media is doing to kids. Cause that's a big theme in, in his work and um, all of these different things. It was really interesting uh, the film because it does follow this, you know, 13 year old girl who's like making little videos um, online for YouTube and she's not popular and the videos aren't getting views or anything like that, but it's just kind of showing um, what, people are like in real life versus what they can have that persona like click on to be and Mm -hmm. all these, I don't know. It was just really well done. And it wasn't necessarily a like, Oh my gosh, I have to tell everybody to sit down and watch this because it's kind of, I think it's a little unique. Um, It's a little slow, but in a, in not in a bad way. It's just because it's, you're literally watching like the life of an eighth grader for like, about a week or something you know what i mean um but it yeah it felt very real slice of life and um i really did like that i'll have to check i didn't i'd never even heard anything about it so i'll have to check check that out i I know i eight hours of my life was spent watching um 
uh, Get Back, the Beatles documentary. <laughs> ah, that's right. You finished it? Yeah, yes. Yes. I actually, I, not only did I finish it, I watched it again. So I, I so 16 hours of my life I, I spent with the Beatles. Um, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen any of it or even, even. I haven't. None it. of it. So what's interesting is I, I, somebody described it as the best worst movie they've ever seen. And, <laughs> and I can understand that only because, um, as, as a, as a Beatles fan, as a Beatles freak, I should say, um, watching it, it was great because I, you, you really get to see, it's like being there with them while they're recording and let it be came out when, when it first came out back in, in, I think it was 1970, um, I got I got to see because I owned a video disc, not laser disc, video disc copy of it. Mm -hmm. um, where a video disc is, uh, it was RCA video disc where it was like an actual disc, and there was an actual stylus that played the movie. So the movie would skip sometimes on you, believe it or not. Um, you mm -hmm. get these little video glitches. But um, so uh, me and Tony we studied that uh, that movie backwards and forwards. But it was such a negative movie because. It always it always portrayed them that they were you know they were really it was it, they'd had enough they didn't like each other. Yeah. Um, Paul was kind of you know it always seemed like he was the bad guy the the boss trying to wrangle them up and they were. Meanwhile, you watch this eight hour documentary that because that movie was only an hour and a half. You watch this eight hour documentary and that was so not even the case. Like there were squabbles and there were little things here and there, but all very normal like a regular family would have. And yeah. and you even see the song creation and just the way the way it all plays out and how much fun they're having together, like it is such a great, uh, you know, it was Let It Be was like real world before there was a real world the, the original one because, you know, when I worked on those reality shows that as a story editor you had to find moments to say oh we could make this seem like this and we can make this seem like that mm -hmm. that's what that original film felt like this is a, is a great document and to see them. Uh, like this see them performing and creating songs like this it's just you know for me eight hours by the time i got to the end it's like i didn't want it to end i still want you know i want to tune in every day to see hey That's can i check awesome. out what the beatles are doing you know yes. so so it is it is for fans for the casual viewer i'd say that you anybody would probably be interested just to see see it but i don't know i don't know if eight hours is a big commitment for someone who's not a fan of the beatles uh, yeah. So in that way, the movie fails. But again, it's still like it's still very something very interesting to watch. So, um, so that's my armchair review. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I, I love that um, that it was able to kind of flip that script and kind of change the the outside viewpoint. And and how interesting. Wait, who directed it again? It was Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson directed. Yeah, he he so took funny? that. 50 hours of footage and condensed it down to eight hours. Originally he was good before the pandemic. He was working on releasing it as a two hour documentary. And yeah. it's almost like for him, the pandemic was a blessing because he, yeah, he was really able to sift through. Yeah. He was. And, and not only that, but he was able to make it available as, as an eight hour document because mm -hmm. there's no way I can't, I don't know how they would have oh, done this yeah. in two hours. You know, there's no, there's no way they we've already well, seen that version. Different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I saw I a lot. So I, I saw that I saw, um, what was the other? Oh, I did get to see Ghostbusters Afterlife in the theater. 
Um, did you get to see uh, it? No, I haven't. Have fun. So I did what enjoy that. I, I liked it. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was so cute. Yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was, was uh, it definitely was a tribute to the original film. That's for sure. But um, it, it, and it, it held my kids the same way that I think the first one held my attention. I, even though I was much older than them, but um, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they, they really enjoyed it. Uh, so they, they had a good time and I, I enjoyed it too. I thought it was well done. Um, I, I'll wait to talk to you about it more in depth once you get to see it, but it, yeah. it's, but it definitely was a lot of fun. So I, I did get to see that. Nice. Um, I got to see that movie Finch with Tom Hanks on Apple TV. We watched that also. Yes. Yeah. What did you think robot. of that? That is definitely the sad robot category of yeah. films. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to like it more than I did. Um, it was fine. It was good. Like it, it wasn't something I'm like, oh, don't watch that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to like him more than I did mm. his character. Um, and it's not that it was a bad character or anything like that. It's just one of those things where you're like, it's Tom Hanks. I would love it. Yeah. I loved his character. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. But I loved the robot. It was very, you know, I loved the little, um, <laughs> I liked the little cart robot. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one that he took robot. apart to, uh, yeah. to make the other one. Yeah. I mean, it was, it definitely was cast away with, with two other characters, mm-hmm. right? That's <laughs> what my boyfriend said. He was like, uh, he needs to paint the little hand on him or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that would be funny <laughs> on his face. Uh, but it yeah. was, yeah, it was good. But I, I think the format, watching it at home, was the best place for it. Because I, I think it's it was almost like a good TV movie. I didn't feel like yeah. a movie movie. But it was something my kids did enjoy. Well, uh, uh, Xavier did enjoy it. He he liked watching that one. That's good. Um. It had a Wally feel to it, I think, as well. So that's yes. probably. Yeah, sad robot. So. Speaking of sad robot, I also got to see the last um, season of Lost in Space, which really felt like a finale, like a, a series finale. They definitely mm-hmm. um, left it open where I feel like if they have more seasons in the future, they have something somewhere that something that they can do with it. Yeah, but it was. Um, I think, and I don't know, I didn't actually read any news about it, but it really did feel like, okay, three seasons seems like maybe that's all this was going to do, or they were just going to shift the format into something new and they were setting up for that, you know? I see. I, yeah. I hadn't heard anything about if they're renewing it or not. Like, yeah, but they, they're either. pretty, they were pretty quick with saying what they're not renewing. So mm. the fact that they haven't said anything kind of makes me think be. maybe, maybe that's, well, and know. I'm not going to like go into spoilers about who, what, when, and where, but I remember, I seem to remember on the old TV show, didn't they have episodes where not necessarily everyone was together anymore? I feel like, didn't they even have, maybe it wasn't just the episodes. I don't know if it was a full season, but maybe it was just certain episodes that I'm thinking of more where it was like, they would take a couple characters and really just focus on them. And it seems like if they do that in the future, like if they do continue with the season, it seems like that's what they were leaning towards. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't remember because I, I remember the show, but I, I don't remember it. Uh, like I don't I remember it by like, seasons, you know yeah, what I well, mean? Well, I don't exactly mean either because I only yeah. ever really caught random episodes online. It wasn't yeah. something I was watching all the way through. Yeah, but yeah. I seem to remember hearing about and definitely seeing episodes where, for instance, in the old show, it was um, the little boy, Will Rogers, the robot, and the doctor because that was like the um, – I don't know. I feel like they were like almost the fan favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Well, I, I got to my, the first sci-fi convention I ever went to. Um, 
uh, with Tony, it was, I got to meet Jonathan Harris, who was a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, um, what's his name? Doc, it's like I say Dr. Zayas, and I, that's I know, not, and that's what I wanted to say too, Dr. Zayas. Yeah. Oh dear, I can't think of his name all of a sudden, but, uh, yeah, but Jonathan Harris was the name of the actor. Um, wasn't it Dr. Smith? Dr. Smith, that, there you yeah. go, yeah. Who I thought, I still think, if the best casting I ever saw for that character was uh, Gary Oldman in the sequ- in that uh, movie. Oh my God. He was so good in, as that part. He like, did that movie so much. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I just, blocked it out. I, blocked I could understand. Out. <laughs> I could understand, but Ga- I thought he was like just so perfect as Dr. Dr. Smith. And it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I could re- rewatch it. I do remember him being in the movie, but yeah. I can't remember anything about his performance. I mean, it's a, cor- it's a corny movie, but it, but it was fun. It's, it has some fun aspects oh, to it. Well, See, maybe I will be less bitter about it now because yeah. I've eased up on some things I was pretty harsh on before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens in my old age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trust my, me. Oh, I'm not in my 20s anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not angry at the world like I used to be, too. Like, don't oh, dare they make this, you know. Don't they know who I am? Don't they I know what I've seen? <laughs> it was. So, I felt like didn't that come out right around the time as one of those awful Fantastic Four movies, and it just looked like the same movie it and prom- the same I'm costumes and everything. Like I really felt like when that it, came out, it was just like everybody was just trying been. to have a movie with all those rubber suits. <laughs> I'm trying to think because it was '97, so I yeah. think it was more. It was more digital stuff that they did. Like yeah. that was when the digital thing started happening because I remember the the creatures they added the spider creatures and all that stuff to. Oh, uh, I don't remember the spider. Creatures. So yeah, but I mean you think I mean like I said I I I I liked a lot. There were, I found a lot of good in it more than bad. Like I did see yeah. the bad stuff, and they had a very weird third act that where where the bad guy was kind of the future version of of Doctor Smith. I don't know if you even remember oh. that. Yeah, no, I didn't until you just mentioned it, and even yeah. now I'm just kind of like, yeah, I kind of remember that. Not yeah. really fully. And it was, but I mean, it was an interesting idea because you were like, well, this would, this is what would happen if it was just Doctor Smith and the kid, and he kind of yeah. manipulates the kid to do what he wants him to do, and got it. So, so it was an interesting concept, but yeah, but it was, it was definitely out there. <laughs> well, as much as we all love the 1995 or seven version. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, I actually really loved um, uh, the current show on Netflix, and it get three seasons. Really great cast, really good acting. There are definitely some like cheesy family moments in like every episode, but that's fine. That's what that yeah. show is. You, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, well, it's, it's a it's Swiss Family yeah. Robinson in space. So it's exactly. Like... So as long as you're aware of that and cool with it, you know, like yeah. uh, we, we, I was a big fan, and I really liked the robots. Uh, the the CG in this was incredible. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at it. It's one of those shows that I, I, it's one of those shows that I keep forgetting about. Like it's, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, unless you, like you just mentioned, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. That, Cause I remember when it first was released, I was going to watch mm-hmm. it and then I never got a chance. Now you, now you got three whole seasons to go back and watch. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a whole marathon. Oh no. That's like, there's so many shows. Just like, oh, okay. So I, you still have Apple TV, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the show that we just, uh, tomorrow's the, I don't know if tomorrow's the final episode, but We've really been enjoying The Shrink Next Door. Have you heard of that one? Yes, and I have been watching it. I'm not entirely caught up because it's tough to watch. Yeah, it's yeah because of what's happening. It's it's a drama it's and tough. just it's it Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd and uh, mm-hmm. based on a true story. It made me go and listen to the podcast about basically uh, what happens when when uh, this person 
lets their shrink guide their entire life. Um, And the shrink is not an upstanding person who's really doing it for the benefit of his client. He's doing it to benefit himself. Yeah. And, and deal with his issues, which is interesting, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, uh, it's listening to the podcast. It's like, you know, you're the real guy. And even the real guy, he says, he talks, he thinks back on it and it's almost like it wasn't even him. Like he thinks of it as it was yeah. somebody else, you know, that this happened to. Because oh, it, well, that sounds so in character for, for who they've been portraying. Yeah. I don't yeah. even know. It was somebody else. It wasn't even me. Yeah. I wasn't even, I, you know. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is funny that because the, they're they're uh, very, um, um, I don't want, they're not Hasidic, but they, they are in the Jewish neighborhood and, and in the garment district. So so there's a lot of the stereotypical accents that yeah. you that you see. I I really was like enjoying the first few episodes and then it started to get hard because as the manipulation starts to get more and more intense, it is, you know, you're depressing. Like he's, yeah. he's taking advantage of this sweet guy, you know? I know. Just, yeah. And you're like, why? Yeah. Oh my God. It's very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So I am watch. I am enjoying it in a, in a sense, but yeah. um, it's one that we're kind of watching bit by bit and not necessarily um, if we skip some, you know, as far as weeks, if we skip a few weeks, we, we still are um, watching them in order, but yeah. we're not caught up because it's, it's tough to watch. And I think I actually might end up have to watch having to watch it by myself. Cause last, the last episode, James just left in the middle of it. He's like, I can't watch this. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I hate this. I hate. This I want to see I the. Want yeah, I want to see the the outcome. And then, well, speaking of bit, you said bit by bit. Um, uh, here's the worst segue ever. I watched uh, the eight bit Christmas with oh. uh, Neil Patrick Harris, and uh, uh, I only mention that movie because it's in. It's a fun little kids movie. Well, a fun little movie about kids trying to get Nintendo back in 1987 or 88. Oh, that's fun. And uh, so they're trying to raise money to get to get the first Nintendo that ever came out. But what was so funny is, I, I at one point they show like the setup of the Nintendo, like the the one the one kid that had it, and everyone vying to get to the. It was like a bouncer, like he's there's kids outside, and he's like, okay, I'll let you in, you in, you can play, you know. And and so the kids are coming in. And then when they go to his setup, his setup was exactly like mine. He had the Nintendo, and right mm-hmm. underneath it was the RCA video disc player, which. Nice. You're like, this is my stuff. I know, because it was my, and uh, that video displayer, it was the same model that I had. I'm like, that's crazy. They took a picture of my house. Yeah. So, but a a cute movie if if for a little family thing. I had, you know what's funny is I hadn't ever even heard of it. I just saw the image as a tile as I was like clicking through things. I I didn't even really scroll over to read it because i was just like it's probably not for me but maybe it is for me i don't know yeah i mean it's it's cute but it's not i wouldn't i wouldn't say hey you know if you you if you have a chance to see night in soho or eight bit christmas make it eight bit christmas you know i wouldn't say say that what's really funny is i think one of the reasons i didn't scroll over it is because i in my head was combining it with another movie that was already out i was thinking it was that movie pixels Oh, now okay. Now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh no, that's a different thing. Yeah, it's completely. That I also never movie. saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is definitely like a like a kids kids movie, kind of like a, I can't even I don't even know the genre because it's like a Snow Day <laughs> or one of those movies that came out back in the day. Um, 
And in that same vein, I also saw Clifford the Big Red Dog because my kids wanted to see that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't realize they made a Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Yeah, it's only it's only on Paramount. It was supposed to be in the movies on Paramount. Um, the dog is is scarily gigantic because you remember the the books. You know, mm-hmm. the Clifford was a big giant dog. So, yeah, it, I mean, it was it was a cute movie, but it was you know it's it is what it is. You know, it's uh, uh, it's one of those films that you you know I I don't need to see it again, but you know, but I at least know. it kept I them feel, entertained. <laughs> I feel like once again being a little bit more out of the childhood um, age group. Anytime I see a giant animal like that, I always am immediately like, I mean, how who who's going to clean up? I know that? that's well, that, yeah, that dog? It, exactly. And I don't want them to explore that in the movie. I don't want to know. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, I think, and I'm it's trying not to. Re- that I need answers, but I think that's. <laughs> I think you get that answer, unfortunately, too. Oh, like that's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so you okay. get that. Um, what else did I see? I saw a Tammy Faye Baker movie, um, oh, which was really good, directed by Michael Showalter. Do you, uh, he was I don't one, recognize the name, but go he on. Was, he's one of the guys from Stella. Do you remember that comedy group? And uh, he directed another movie called The Baxter and, and another – a bunch of films that, that I love. But um, um, I, I didn't ever watch The Baxter. I remember the name, the title, but no, I think I think it might be somebody I don't know. Yeah, he's he's been around, but it, the Baxter one it's one of my favorite movies because we used to watch it in Showtime all the time. Was uh, mm-hmm. it basically was the Baxter is the concept of that movie was uh, all the all the movies that you see all the all the falling in love movies, guy running to the subway or, or running to mm-hmm. the airport. He was always the guy that they leave. So he's he's the Bill Aww. Pullman, you know. So he this would happen to him all his life. There'd always be, you know, he's telling someone how much he loves him. All of a sudden, you know, in high school, somebody stands up and he's like, Jessica, uh, you know, like I love you, you know, always, no matter what. That's a great concept. Yeah. So it's from his point of view, and then just kind of what happened. So that's so he directed this movie, um, and I I liked it. I thought first of all. Jessica Chastain was was really good, but I think the reason I had an interest in this film is because my my mom used to watch Jim Baker every morning, so I was very familiar with PTL and and Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker, and so to see it from from that point of view, it's 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 well it's a well done movie. Like it's ma- it's made in a light hearted way, um, so it is something it is pretty good and but she was really good as Tammy Faye so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if she gets nominated but it wasn't like a very serious drama so it's it's mm-hmm. a fun movie to watch um oh I finally got to see Sun Chi Legend of the Ten Rings okay you gotta try one more time on that Chai one. Chi sorry Did no I... not not Chai oh my god I have it written down wrong <laughs> think of Sean, Sean like Sean like like say Sean Sean Sean, Sean. Sean. Sean Smith, Legend of the Ten Rings. Shang. Shang Smith. Yeah. Legend of the Ten Rings. And not Smith. Shang Chi. Oh, Shang Chi. What did I? Why was I I saying? I said, well, I know because because my example was Sean Smith, just to get you in the right ballpark first. You know what I mean? Nice. Thanks. (laughs) I'm giving you one. No, no, that was that was my fault for like the distraction. I was just trying to like pivot. Um, I'm going to be the one idiot going around to people. I just saw Shung Smith and the legend of the 10 rings, you know, no. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I did. So I did get to see it. I really liked that a lot. That was a lot oh, of fun. So good. Oh my yeah. goodness. 
Yeah, yeah. what a treat. I mean, I, I felt like what a great bounce back after Black Widow, because to be honest, I still am kind of bitter about the Black Widow movie not mm. being super great in in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas this one really felt much more like what I wanted. And not that I wanted the, the Black Widow movie to have magic in it because that wasn't right for her character, but yeah. Just the storytelling overall I felt was really, really strong. And it I, moved really well. Like it just yeah. the, you know, the pacing on it was really well. And it opened up so many questions like when when uh mm-hmm. um what's his name? Uh the guy the guy who from uh Doctor Strange, whose name Wong. I just Wong, he he's training abomination. Why, right? And it it yeah. it leads me to think of you know the Defenders. I don't know if you ever. I'm mm-hmm. uh, not Defenders. Uh, Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, that was he was part of that Thunderbolts thing, the mm-hmm. Abomination. But um, yeah, oh, well, they're definitely even if they're not going to call it Thunderbolts, they're definitely setting up that team. Yeah. Um with julia louise's dreyfus character kind of kind of being the nick fury character right going around setting mm-hmm. up you know people but they've got um well yeah. uh, the Patriot, name? Contessa? Pa- no not I, yeah contessa de la fontaine or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, well they have their black widow they have now yeah, they and have then their they black have... widow they have what well, i'm trying to remember it's not iron patriot but it's something patriot yeah I can't remember that, either. It was but, Captain yeah. America, but I can't. Re- yeah, I can't recall his his code name now. Yeah. <laughs> but the new, like the guy that tried to be Captain America and failed, you know, yeah, they got yeah. him. Um, it could just be Patriot. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's something like that. Uh, oh, U.S. Patriot. That's what it was. U.S. US Patriot. Patriot. Okay. Um, and then they've got. Uh, I mean, they they have a lot of anti heroes um, that they can pull from, but they've got Abomination. Um, and yeah. then even uh, Echo in this new show could possibly be a contender the, oh, in yeah. Hawkeye. You know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she was ever part of that team, but so you saw the new episode of Hawkeye, right? I or, did. Like, yeah. Okay, so the episode before this one, mm-hmm. I I definitely think they 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 brought Kingpin into it without bringing him into it mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. That, when they showed her uncle and then he looked yes. like Kingpin to me. I just want to know if it's going well, to be. Even even though it was just a little chuckle or like a sigh or something, yeah. they did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, and Plus, I wonder if it's if it's going to be what's his name from the Daredevil show? It's just whose name I just I think on. so. I, well, I think so. If they're going to bring Kingpin in, they're going to because they just confirmed Charlie Cox is going to be Daredevil in the MCU. Oh, really? Um, they just confirmed that yesterday. Yes. Really? Oh, um, nice. they haven't said anything specifically about bringing the other characters from the show on, but Charlie Cox confirmed um from kevin feige as long as my information is correct <laughs> yeah but um i so i do think it's going to be him because we saw him at in one of the after the credit scenes in one of the movies right didn't we see him in like an after the credit scene with uh spider-man homecoming where he was like bench pressing or something who uh charlie cox oh kingpin uh not that or I, re- am I no am I... I don't remember that adding that from something different i might be thinking of there's so many stingers i might be assigning it to the wrong movie it may have been <laughs> at the end of a lecture or something or maybe it was one of the maybe the maybe it was one of oh dang okay okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah. that's probably what i was doing but okay so here's the other um kingpin connection though um uh that i noticed during the show when ronan was going to um work up the tracksuit mafia mm-hmm. they were in 
a garage called Fat Man Auto Repair or something oh. like that. And I'm like, that is so Kingpin. Like, that mm. has to be a Kingpin reference. And in the comics, Kingpin was the leader of, the ultimate leader of Tracksuit Mafia, even though he wasn't, like, there in the shop with them. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. But he was, he was. He's the, the higher Kingpin. up. Yeah. And then I was watching something else. People were noticing things like, um, it is interesting that this is the second time we've had mention that Tony sold Avenger Tower. Because um, Clint mentions that to uh, Kate Bishop in one of the first or second episodes. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, uh, ob- there's like a lot of different things that could be. Obviously, Kang could be one of the things that they re- referred to in like the the Loki um season when they were in that like netherworld kind of area yeah, you had yeah, the yeah. dilapidated Kang corp you know tower that was the avengers tower but somebody um i think it was screen crush had put the idea out that what if kingpin is actually who bought avengers tower and oh and that's his base of operation uh, yeah because um um what was his name fisk tower is definitely a a linchpin in the comics and like you know he does kind of like to not have anybody know his name in the whole first season of daredevil you know nobody was using his name so something like uncle would make a lot of sense you know and all these different things where people aren't actually using yeah fisk's name so i don't know i think that's interesting but i do also like the theory that if they don't want to go that way because there's plenty of times in the past where we've wanted to bring in these outside characters oh, yeah, that yeah. we're just eager for. Yeah. Um, I think it could also be, Oh, I forget his name, but the, um, the fiance. Well, he, he's supposed to be, I, I, I saw something. I forgot who mentioned this. There was some superhero. Like, like he yeah, was on the like list the, of worst like superheroes. Or something. Yeah. yeah. The swordsman. Like, so he's supposed to be that character. I, I didn't realize mm-hmm. that, but I guess because he has the same name. Yeah, but I didn't know but, that character, so I didn't know who he was, but Do you you watch Better Call Saul though, right? Yeah. So as soon as I saw him in this, I'm like it's like he's he's so great at playing guys that you hate, so but this is so mm-hmm. unusual character for him cuz he's playing such a he kind of comes off as as a you know, like a like a wannabe dad kind of thing, like yeah. like a trying too hard kind of guy. But oh yeah, well I think it's a show. But I yeah. also think that the mother is putting on a show, especially yes. when in the most current episode where she's kind of keeping her daughter occupied mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, trying to you know um, put to rest any of her fears, and all of a sudden they're being very lovey dovey together. The the fiance and her yeah. and and i just i really do feel like all of that was a play Stays, you know yeah. i think that this is uh viper's nest and i think her mom is absolutely involved um i also thought it was interesting in the first episode um that she was wearing that kind of red caftan yeah. that I felt like was an elevated version of a tracksuit, the, the burgundy tracksuits that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the club. So, I mean, obviously I could be seeing connections that aren't there, but. Um, well, I, th- I mean, I think it, it's going to, I, I've been thinking that she's going to be the, the, the big, the bad, big bad, so to speak. Me too. Yeah, and me not too. Him. And I don't even know that his, her husband is dead because we didn't see him die. No. I think it was very, and even if he is dead, maybe she had something to do with it. Like, I feel like that was really, um, 
Well, because she was camera. missing. She was missing too. Like, cause, yeah, because they were both just missing, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. she and, comes together. Yeah. yeah. Kate's so yeah, kind of going around calling out whatever. Yeah. So I'm like, either he is dead, and there's you know, uh, more to the story there, or he's not dead, and he's like now free to be this underground uh you know (laughs) operative that's like working on stuff out of sight and everybody thinks is dead and they were able to collect on his insurance (laughs) you know they kind of they did that well even though it doesn't connect didn't they do that in punisher with with one of the characters because that was the whole thing punisher was working with that guy who who was wanted to keep his family safe so but they thought he was dead Right? They did. Yes. Okay. That was really good. Yeah. So it's kind of very similar. But but see, that's the other thing. Well, that might not be what they're doing. But yeah. 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 (laughs) But I I was thinking about that with, um, uh, you know, it's too bad that I, I, John Burtonall, Burton, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but I thought he was a really good Punisher. Like, if they're going to keep, you know, if they want to not have to reboot Punisher, because we don't need another one of those. But if they, if they want to just include him, at least in there, I like it yeah. would be great to just to cast, you know, these people who've already done these stories. That way, you don't have to like I start agree. from scratch. I know? agree. I think the thing that makes it hard for them is that they have stories that they want to tell, and tying these other stories to them could have could mean that it's clipping timelines yeah. that they wanted to show. But what I really think has fixed all of that is the multiverse. Yeah, because exactly. now you can have that those actors, and you could even say that they're pulled from a different multiverse. So they don't have to have the same storyline that we've seen on the Netflix shows, but they can still be the same actor. Um, Even though I think that that could also be a little tricky because when you're bringing in, when you're bringing up Spider-Way, no, no way home, which even though there's been no confirmation that Andrew Garfield and um, Tobey Maguire are in it, um, even if they're not in it, which I do believe they're going to be, but even if they're not in it, Doc Ock specifically says you're not Peter Parker. No, yeah. saying like, okay, so Peter Parker is the same person, but not the same face and human. So it it still might be weird having like two. Well, no, because they. I guess they'd answered that with Loki. I, I answered my yeah. own question because yeah, in they Loki, did that. yeah, they had some that were him and some, and some like and some that different. looked the same and some that mm-hmm. looked different. So yeah, I mean, they've thought of all the contingencies. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm doing my best to like stay away from any more commercials and stuff. But I mean, I know that it's a two it's a two and a half hour movie, the Spider Man yeah. movie. But man, they really are like almost showing me to like I saw now Green Goblin like his outfit yeah. and you know, how he looks and and I, I you know they've already convinced there was an in- sit down interview with it was Alfred Molina, um, uh, William Defoe and. Jamie Foxx, you know, all sitting together. They want butts in seats. Yeah, they I know. Want yeah, yeah. Butts in seats. They're like, they're come back them. to the theater. This is I, it. Oh I yeah, mean, they're gonna they, get it because oh, it's I'm already going. sold out, right? Like the pre pre sales. Like, oh, is it really? I haven't done the pre sale. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I haven't either. That. And I am. I definitely am gonna. You know, if I can get if I can get to the theater for Ghostbusters, I'm making it. Right. I know. Spider-Man. I might not be there on opening night if everything's sold out because I'm still trying to be careful. But like, yeah, I'll be there yeah. in the first week. I'll try and be there the first weekend to add to those weekend numbers. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. And also definitely because even though I don't think anything can really get spoiled for me because I I think I know what's gonna happen, but like. I don't really want it to be spoiled. I do want to go along for that ride. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to look at YouTube without the whole thing getting spoiled. Exactly. Because just it, in just in thumbnails. The, the yeah. thumbnails. Yeah. 
enough with these thumbnails. I don't know I what know. they're doing. And I've seen a lot of the thumbnails that they've even had in the past that seem spoilery, and even the clickbaity kind of titles, like they're doing stuff that they don't really know. They're just like throwing everybody together. But I, yeah. there's no possible way that they're not going to have Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Like, yeah, there's, there, enough, there's no way. There's it enough evidence to already too. Like, there was those pictures that came out that they said they were doctored, but it was impossible to be a doc that they could have been doctored in that way. And um, I mean, even if they were yeah. like, I just story wise. And the fact that they brought back all those villains, I'm like, no, this has to be it. And, and, and I think the big push is um, probably Sony because they want to reinvigorate all of their properties. Yeah. And especially when um, Tom Holland and Spider-Man goes back under the umbrella of Sony, even though it's always been there, but like when he's not doing as many, um, grouped yeah, <laughs> things yeah. with the rest of the Marvel movies, they want to maintain that excitement, and well, it really they, does make it fun. They signed him up for three with the Marvel and and con- a connection. I guess mm-hmm. he's been signed for three more films. Yes, and I've yeah. heard that they are going to be much more adult. Like this is going to be the end of the homecoming. Yeah, kind of far from home, home themed kind yeah, of you home. know yeah. trilogy, <laughs> and then the next yeah, go home, Spider Man, home sweet home. You know, yeah. <laughs> how many more things can you do? Ones, yeah, the next ones are going to be much more adult. Home Alone. Um, which I think that's cool. that's the one I don't want to see. Spidey Home Alone. Like, uh, yeah, that's when they pushed it yeah. too far. Well, I think this one, okay, so these are very, like, high school, and then the next three are going to be very, you know, university, college, you know, yeah. years, and, and that'll be an interesting shift. And I think somebody else, oh, God, I wish I, I can't remember exactly who was talking. It might have been Screen Crush again, but um, somebody else was talking about the tones of the other movies, like the Tobey Maguire ones and the Andrew Garfield ones, were much more dramatic, and yeah. it, it, it almost seemed weird in places because the comedy was kind of like it didn't gel well you know whereas this is going to be a much better i think a much better um evolution yeah Um, even though they've been dramatic don't get me wrong it's just uh, the overall tones are are very different i'm excited i can't wait to see i anything marvel's got me for whatever i'm i didn't get to you got to see the eternals i haven't gotten to see that yes oh my gosh were you happy with it like did you did was it a good movie or okay so did i not talk about eternals yet okay i loved it i thought it was so good um i really liked it it definitely drags in places but that's the kind of movie it is so i feel like a lot of people it's kind of like watching dune if you love dune and you like that kind of um, heaviness and, um, you know, uh, I don't know that vibe. I, I think you'll like Eternals. The thing that I agree with some critics on is the, the events of the flow can be a little formulaic where Mm. it's very much putting the team back together again. And you can get that from the trailers. I'm not spoiling anything. You know what I mean? Where the Eternals are on earth and then they at some point split up and now they need to come back together. And that is an awful long time of Mm. the movie. I feel like they probably could have, um, spent some time cutting that so that it didn't it didn't need to drag quite as much as it did for some people but um the elements that they're introducing i think are are groundbreaking and fantastic there there are a couple other things that i think are um uh noteworthy plot holes that i won't go into because i don't want to spoil it for 
for you. But um, but overall, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I loved the um, monsters, <laughs> the deviants. I loved yeah. the celestials. I loved everything. And the the really big thing I think is this just opened Pandora's box on a whole new, um, many new um, kind of uh, strands for, for them to follow in different movies. Hmm. Um, they really, I think the thing that really hurts a lot of movies and, and this is no exception is just the sheer volume of character introductions. Yeah. We didn't know anyone in this movie anyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that was i think what was hard because uh there are 10 eternals so that's 10 characters um all just off the gate out the gate then you have john snow <laughs> you know what john i mean snow. you've got kit harrington's character I, I would love that if they just called him john you're not even gonna bother you're just <laughs> john, john snow, snow. Yeah. you know and and i mean i think that that um, and then at the end, you know, they introduce a few more characters and it's just, I think that it's almost like character fatigue. And, yeah. and I understand, I think that that is a valid criticism, but I don't see how you get around it in a lot of, of this story. It's just the like nature that, yeah. of that story and that comic. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, is it, yeah. what was the movie, the show that Amazon was doing that they only did the one season, even though it, it was, it was a superhero show that. We were watching. Oh um, yeah, um, what was the name of that one? It was called like. It was a Mark Liberty. Miller show. It was. Um... I can't think of the name of it, but it that was one of those shows that um, that suffered from that. You you threw a lot of characters at us at once that we're supposed to care about. Um, all those superheroes and then their children, and so it was like a lot of things, and, and so I. I you know, I was wondering about that because Jupiter's Legacy. Sorry, Jupiter... I had to look it up. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, what was it called? Jupiter's what? What was the last? Jupiter's Legacy. Legacy. That's right. Um, and so, so that was one of those kind of movies where shows where I could see where you'd have the character fatigue because you got to. There's a lot of yeah. line connecting you've got to do in order to make yeah. sure that you're following everything correctly. Um, and uh, Gar- see, Guardians was great like that because Guardians had a lot of characters, but it you never you didn't feel like that when you saw it. It did, but it didn't have ten. Mm, I mean, ten a lot. is a lot. Yeah. And uh, for some people, especially when you have uh, the the cast was incredible. You know, I mean, everybody was great. Um, and and everybody when you're even watching the trailers probably has a favorite somebody that they identify with because they were such a diverse um group and so it can be a little tough when you're like rooting for your favorite one or two people and you only really see them a few minutes because Mm. they're they weren't in the main you know arc or something you know i don't know yeah yeah i wonder if that's just set up for what the next one or something like that well exactly i think that that's it's a good setup movie and i think that um Again, I, I, I'll wait to, to talk about a couple things until after you've seen it. But I do think that there's a million different threads that they can follow. Um, and But there are there is at least one or two that are very specific setups for the next films. Hmm. See, that's the They're brilliance really of like Avengers. And could, could, could you imagine if Marvel decided, let's make Avengers Endgame as the first movie, you know, or the first. Yeah. Well, the exactly. First, yeah. The first part, I mean, um it would, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what the DC plan and it mm-hmm. always falls yes. apart. So, yeah. 
you know, like like the, so there's this uh, what's that show that my 500 pound life. I don't watch it, but I'm always seeing these clips of this doctor. He's like, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. You know, like mm-hmm. he's always telling the heavy set guy he's got to do the work and work. That's what you had. But that's what somebody needed to tell D.C. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just release this movie. You have to do the work. You have to actually, yeah. you know, uh, uh, let give it time to build, even if one fails, because. It's not like Thor was lighting the screen on fire, you know, like the first right. one was okay, but but it wasn't like it was the huge hit that Iron Man was. And they still said, all right, well, let's look forward. Let's not, you know, keep going, yeah, keep going. Keep going. You know? mm-hmm. Get a new director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Kenneth. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No it, offense. Kenneth. Yeah. You didn't, you don't get it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, before we end, I, there's two movies I need to bring up that I, that okay. I got to see. Which was I? I don't know if you've watched this one, A Night in Soho, yet. The Edgar Wright. No, film. I haven't yet. I do oh, want to see it though. Great. That was I liked it. It was it was. I wouldn't say it's a horror film by any means. Maybe it's a maybe it would be considered a thriller, but thriller, yeah, a thriller in, but done by Edgar Wright. So you kind of know I... what you're doing. What I mean, it's probably the least funny movie he's ever made, because um, it didn't have a sense of humor like most of his films do. But it just. But he just still was... has such an iconic visual language yeah his visual style is just you can't Mm -hmm. beat it so i love that movie for that um so definitely worth seeing and i and i love the the, i that girl is i i don't know why she's i find her so fascinating but um she was the one from king's gambit yeah Uh, and a taylor joy i think yeah i think she's really good in this and uh so is matt smith he's 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 uh in it too so get to see him doing something else um, well, but isn't Matt Smith kind of like uh, either creepy or like bad guy or something? He well, it's funny. He kind of is, but he's he's you know I saw him and he played King, um, uh, not the King, uh, the Duke in in the Crown, the one who's married to the Queen, uh, the mm-hmm. one who just passed away actually. Um, and so I I I got used to him playing somebody who is not likable in a way. Um, yeah. So, but he I, was likable in this. He, oh, well, uh, yes and no. Like me, the, the, the. Yeah, the time <laughs> yeah, no. uh, yeah. Oh, that's all I'll say. Okay, 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 okay. But, uh, yeah. Well, okay, when you so see it, we'll definitely one? talk about it. The other one was uh, the last James Bond film, No Time to Die. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. Oh, you just got to see that? Okay. I did, yeah. We watched that. That was good. Oh, that was really good. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't know where it was going. Spoilers for anyone who's who who's, mm-hmm. hasn't seen it. But, um, you know, they, they intro- first of all, they... Uh, if you if you know do you know the like the the one on her Majesty's Secret Service uh, that old one with uh, George Lazenby it's the only one that starred him as James Bond um, it was an important story but unfortunately given to the wrong Bond like it should have mm-hmm. been a Sean Connery one mm-hmm. where he got married and then there's a car accident and she dies I and don't that one, no. yeah he was killed and and uh, the last line of the movie is we had all the time in the world and that, and then that song starts to play in this movie, the scene where he's driving with, with his girlfriend in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that song is playing on the radio and it even looks like that scene from that movie, like oh, that. Yeah, end. That's interesting. So, so they really were playing up on that. But, um, I, I loved, I, I loved all of the, the way that this closes out Daniel Craig's story in a way that no bond has yeah. ever done. Yes. You know, it really made it a complete, you know, you start at Casino Royale and then work your way to this. Yeah. 
and and you have a whole James Bond storyline, and it immediately makes me wonder what the next one's going to be. Um, right, right. You know, because you really they really finished off the thing, and they also did something I didn't expect them to do with the little girl. You know, I didn't see that mm -hmm. coming because I even when they were hinting at it, I'm like, nah, they they wouldn't do that in a Bond movie. You know, mm -hmm. and so. So that yeah, was the, <laughs> the only thing that I, I went, well, no, there were two things that were minor, minor complaints for me, but like the obvious, uh, through line of sexist comments, which is a very bond thing. So I'm yeah, not going to yeah. even get on it. I get it. That's part yeah. of his character. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, whatever. It still just doesn't make me feel happy. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, um, I don't know if he gets an award for being the least misogynistic. Yeah. Own, you know, yeah. but yeah. Uh, and then um, the thing that I think frustrated, it wasn't frustrating, but like made me go, oh, I wish I hadn't figured out exactly what, why he, he couldn't be happy at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I figured it out very quickly because, I feel like they kind of beat you on the head with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like what was gonna end up happening? I'm like, oh well, here's the movie. And like halfway through, I'm like, oh well, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> See, and I I was dumb about it because I didn't I didn't think of it at all. Like I oh. I just thought I I knew they threw it out there for a reason. Yeah. But the, but then I thought oh it was for the Blowfield thing. But then mm. I was thinking uh there was something I I was thinking something else though, and so that was a really interesting idea to do but but to end it the way they did i mean that, yes, that was the I still finality didn't, that i didn't, I didn't expect. expect the very end i really yeah. didn't mm -hmm. so I, I yeah anybody who's a bond film needs to see this uh anybody who's a bond film anyone who's a bond <laughs> fan if you're a bond film you know what happens but if you're a bond <laughs> fan you should go out and see yeah. uh, or or you know it's now available to buy, so it's, it's not even just a rental. Because the Bond movies, I used to watch them growing up um, more than once, but it wasn't something that I stuck with. Yeah. So I really watched them when I was way too young to understand what was going on. So I have kind of this distant connection to it. And then in the later ones with the Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig and all of that, I mean, I would watch them, but it's like I would just watch them the one time. And yeah. so it wasn't something that if there were a bunch of callbacks, I wasn't getting it. You know what I mean? I still was enjoying it for the movie that it was, um, which was great. It's great. It was a good standalone movie, yeah. but I wasn't like as invested. Like, I don't even really remember his Casino Royale. I don't really remember, you know. I mean, the, the, the Daniel Craig series of all of them uh, had the, were the most connected because yeah. I mean, Roger Moore's, the only time it was really connected was when they did, Spy Who Loved Me and then um, uh, Moonraker, you know, because they yeah. had Jaws and then they had the same kind of, uh, uh, you know, I, they were, I forgot what the mission was, but there was something that, that kind of connected the two a mm -hmm. little closer. So th that's never, and and you've had Blowfield in the past, but usually they killed them off pretty quickly. You like they Blowfield yeah. died in the beginning of For Your Eyes Only, but he was in like Thunderball and, and uh, uh, you know, that's where Spectre came about. But But there's so many with Daniel Craig from Casino Royale all the way till um, this one, they've always interconnected these movies in a way that was unexpected. And mm -hmm. even, even though they brought M back when they redid the bond, when they started Casino Royale, like that was doing Casino Royale and making him like a new, a younger bond like that and making a point to say he was a younger bond was new because mm -hmm. that they never did that before. 
it the only thing that threw you was well this was the m that was just pierce brosnan's m you know mm-hmm. and so i almost started to think you know is maybe james bond the name is like you can almost make it like that's the call sign. That's the, that's the double O right, sign. Right. That's the Dread Pirate Roberts, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's just, mm-hmm. or Kaiser Sose, you know, it's not the, mm-hmm. so, so, uh, you know, but because when they had, when, when they connected that M to this, but she was like, you know, and, and Pierce Brosnan with relationship with Dame Judith, uh, with what's with Judy that. Dench. M, Judy Dench was, more frustrated with her because he was used to the previous boss so so then making her there from the beginning was interesting twist i i just i liked it a lot i uh, yeah i would just well, i think it's worth a rewatch it. because i don't yeah. like i said they weren't ones that i was really like connected to so it might yeah. be fun to do a little run through oh and he and also i liked uh, what's his name as as this bad guy because he wasn't he was an important bad guy but he wasn't like the most important thing in the mm. movie uh, or mm-hmm. even and in even the other agent that he meets up with, um, what's her, which she was in the other she was in a movie with Daniel Craig that I liked a lot the, um, oh god um, the mystery movie that he made where all the these one actors, on the train. Uh, oh no, the Knives Out. Knives Out, yeah. She was mm-hmm. she was in Knives Out. She was the main character in that the the uh, the other agent. Um, yeah. So and she was really good. I thought she was really good in that. So and that that's another movie that was a fun. I uh, forgot fun movie. that that was. Um, I forgot that that was her. I she was in. Um, uh, the the new 007 was in. Uh, oh was no, not 007. Uh, no, no, she was the no, not the not the one that was originally 007. The the other girl that uh-huh. he meets up with. Um, because uh, there's the. There's the double. There's the one that had the the double O seven name, but then there was the other. Not the not the girl he was in love with. Because I was the, like, wow, I really don't remember. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> she's the other. I, I can't remember. She was she was the one that he meets up with in. Uh, uh, she it's, it's like she's nervous because it's her first mission and she's trying to get it together. Like uh, oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah, yeah, was yeah. the one that was in uh, um, Knives Out. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't make that connection either. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I really was struggling with the other. I'm like, oh my god, I really don't think (laughs) that the skin color is right on that character. You know, oh, from the oh, knives out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm like, was there a whole character I missed? Yeah. Yeah. No, not her. But that was what was funny too. It's that she's 007 and she's. uh, uh, I thought they did that already like with somebody else had the 007, but I, I may be remembering wrong because I thought it was in one of the other movies, but I have to rewatch all of his again. But, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, yeah. And I think, I think that's my list of films. I don't think. Yeah. Well, you watched more movies, I think than I did. I was definitely more TV show and I I know it's time to wrap up. The only thing I'm going to do is plug the new Cowboy Bebop series on Netflix. And I know a lot of people are bashing it and not enjoying it. I loved it. I thought it was, it was made with such reverence and joy and love of the animated series that I think that, I think it's a slam dunk. I loved it. I love it too. you like the anime. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I loved it. Yeah. I forgot I watched that. Yeah, I loved it too, and and I love the original anime series. You do. But there's something yeah. about this the way it moves, the way it looks and mm-hmm. feels, like it it really it's its own. I I don't I don't connect it in that. Like I don't say it has to live up to anything. I mm-hmm. I like that it's its own class of thing, like its own. 
It is. And I mean, I had, it's been probably 10 years since I've watched the whole, um, uh, Cowboy Bebop anime and I'm rewatching it now after watching the live action, but I gotta say, like, I, I just had such a good time with it. Yeah. Like it was just fun. Yeah. It was just fun. It was fun, lighthearted. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I liked it too. I'm glad, glad you mentioned, I completely forgot I watched that. Yeah. Um, so that's how many things I watched. And then, but then the problem is, is there's been so much space in, but even though I've watched a lot of stuff, yeah. there's also been a lot of space in between where there hasn't really been, I've been watching the, anything. The only thing that I, I commented to um, James on, cause I don't think he ever watched the anime, but at the very, the very last episode is where you meet um, Ed mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. And I kind of turned to him and was like, listen, that ha- that is a very difficult character to bring into live action. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's so funny. yeah, I don't, I don't know. That, yeah. that, that was a little like, oh god. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's... but other than that, <laughs> and I'm glad it was. The, I'm glad nobody tried to turn into a movie. I'm glad they did it like oh, yeah, this yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't have. I mean, part of its strength was um, its episodic nature. Yeah. I mean, they could just boil down the um, the love story, you know, aspect of it and the revenge between Fearless and um, what you call it. But then I think it would have gotten lost, right? Because it just would have been it, yeah. like, yeah. You don't like really get the rest of the connections with the rest of the crew, like Jack yeah. Bay, you know, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely... I think this was the right way to go. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. This was this was a lot of fun. It's a hard one to recommend to anyone, Dio, because I know it, it's a certain style that, that it's I goofy. love. Yeah, it's it kind of like yeah. a Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Like, like you yeah. know, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. If somebody is an Edgar Wright fan, they might enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they might be like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Or they're like, this is the kind of stuff you like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you're judged by <laughs> Yes, yes. You know? <laughs> so, yes, it is. Yeah, it is. So, so what's it to you? No, I'm not what's saying that, what's it to you. <laughs> what, you want to take this outside? You just go through a whole thing. <laughs> well, anyway, it was good catching up with you. And, always, and we always. smashed a lot of cuts. Um, so we will leave it at that. And yes. uh, we will, I'm sure there's more coming up uh, soon. Oh, yeah. Got, what's well, the yeah, big... we're going to have Spider Man. Spider Man. We have Matrix coming. Uh, yeah, Matrix. Uh, Good. Yeah. Good. Very curious. So that'll be good. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it was good talking to you, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.